0: This choircast podcast episode is brought to you by God Speaks, a participatory theology of biblical inspiration. I'm its author, Gabriel Gordon. I've written this book to look at biblical inspiration differently than many of us do, one which looks through the lens of the Jewish and Christian traditions to explore how a God who is uncontrolling love affects how we see what biblical inspiration is and what it is not. This is the first book of its kind which explores the uncontrolling love of God theology of philosopher and theologian Thomas J. Ord and its implications for the nature of scripture. If that sounds like a book you'd like to read, go order a copy at your local bookstore or anywhere you buy your books. The mind that was in Jesus, that mind is in me. Without me, life has no meaning. Why would God tell you what I'm thinking and tell you what I've said to my wife or my husband when you're not around? It's because I'm the pastor of the church and I need to know. This is the only place
1: where you can see truth. Hey, heathens, you're listening to the Deadly Faith Podcast, where religion and crime collide. I'm Lacey. And I'm Lola. And this shit is manipulative. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Hi. Well, welcome back to round two.
0: (laughs) Round number two. Should we tell them
1: what happened? Yeah, let's tell them. Why not? (laughs) We recorded this entire episode. And then we get to the very last few minutes, and then the site went, um, Fuck off. It said, "Bye bye <laughs> good night. And it literally deleted our entire episode.
0: Yeah. The entire thing. Well, wait, no, so we had five minutes of my outro. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we had the saved outro. saved my outro, and that was I it. I don't think you guys
1: would appreciate a five-minute outro for an episode. I mean, it'd be a palate <laughs> cleanser I'm episode afraid. for sure. Yeah, and then we were going to record a few days later, and then a big storm hit where I live and my electricity went out for the day. And so I was like, sorry. And,
0: and then I the storm traveled it.
1: to where I am too. Yeah. Thankfully, your electricity did not go out though. My right? Yeah, I was
0: fine. But yeah, my pups yeah. were not happy, but it was fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then coyotes yeah. killed my chickens. Oh, I know. <laughs> so we're just starting off with a lot of <laughs> death all around. Death to the Wi-Fi, death to... Electricity, death to
1: chickens. Yeah. Oh, poor Bertha.
0: Bertha was my girl. <laughs> Damn fucking coyotes. I will hang one if I find it. <laughs> I've gone insane.
1: That's justice, sir. I think so. that is justice, sir. In the name of Bertha. You did get new baby chickens.
0: I did get six new baby chickens. They will never be Bertha, Tommy Gunn, or Chipper. However...
1: Tommy Gun. I love you Tommy Gun.
0: I had to. Right as I saw him, I said, he said Tommy Gun." <laughs> I don't That's know.
1: That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> but Andrew is determined now that one of our chickens must always have a weapon name. I like that. I think this one... Oh, God. What is this next one going to be? Peacemaker? I don't know. Oh. Glock, claw. <laughs> Glock, claw. Very <laughs> chicken forward, you know? There you go. So, yeah. I have little. six new little baby chickens. Don't ask me what breed they are because I don't know, but they are all black. So. There you go.
1: Yeah. the My neighbor's chickens, they're like an array of all ah, different kinds of breeds and beautiful. mixes. And they're very, very pretty. It's mm. awesome.
0: Chickens are yeah. beautiful.
1: I love it. Yeah. Okay, what are you going to talk about? We are going to be talking today about the murder of Diane Hood. Now, yes, Lola has heard this case, unfortunately. I our, forgot all of it. <laughs> but that, she assures me that she forgot all about it. And so I'm sure more of it will
0: come back. One part I remember, but I'm... <laughs> uh, there's one little part I remember, but really the rest of it's kind really? of blanked because I've been so focused on my case.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what you get into. So. Yes. Well, so I'm ready to rehear it. Rehear it. Let's let's jump into it. You know, okay. we are going to jump back to 1990, the year that I entered into this world. Yes, I was born in the 90s. I was a true 1990s baby because I was born in 90s. I'm so
0: jealous of you. <laughs> I was at the very end of the 90s. I didn't get yeah. shit.
1: Yeah, I, I had the full 90s, which, okay, before we get into the case, I took my daughter to the mall for the very first time on Saturday. And she was in hog heaven. She was going through everything. And then we went through one of the stores and they had those caboodles from like back in the day you'd put like all your makeup in. Oh, I Wait, don't even know. Do You You don't know what a caboodle is? Caboodle? Oh, yes. Is that how you say it? Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm going to Google it while I'm telling this story okay. so that Lola can see what I'm talking about. I do need to see this. I need a visual. But they had them for sale and my daughter fell in love with them. Okay. So these are Caboodles. They were the rage in the eighties and nineties. Come on, okay. So that. Oh, I I used to have one of those. Okay, okay. They're called caboodles. They I had no idea. Yes. Oh, okay. They they are called caboodles and my sister had one. Hers was glittery and I do not remember what she had in it. She told me she had all her makeup in it and I would steal it. Mm. I forgot most of my childhood, but I'm not going to say I didn't steal it because that sounds very much like me. But <laughs> I do remember she put stickers all on the top of it and one was like a glittery frog. Oh. I don't know why. That was the like core memory. I'm not sure why. But yeah, those, that was just... But your daughter a, found a caboodle. She found a caboodle that she really oh. wants, but they were way more expensive than when I was a kid. And also we were at like Belk. And so I was like, girl, we I'm can go so to Walmart and get a caboodle. Belk has caboodles? I know. Yeah, they had a big old array of them and they went all the way up to like $50. And I was like, girl, we don't go to Walmart. What's <laughs> happening? I was going to say... I $50 for Walmart, a caboodle. Walmart, Amazon, uh-uh, anything. Not, yeah. Yeah. So the 90s were great. Minus a handful of things. And one of those being the murder of Diane Hood. So on September 12th of 1990, Diane Hood, a 32-year-old mother of three, Mm -hmm. she was leaving a lupus support group at a community center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. When she was leaving, a masked man in a military uniform approached her from behind and grabbed her purse. Now, quickly, Diane realizes that she's being robbed. And so she releases her purse. She gives it to the masked man and just says, take it, please take oh, it. That's and good. she starts to back away. Right. You know, and that's the one thing I've always heard. And like, if you're being robbed, like... Just let him take it. Just let him take it. Go for Nothing it. Nothing is worth it. But on the opposite hand, if they're trying to take you, you fight to high heaven to get away. Make a lot they of noise. Have, yeah, they have in their head a plan and you fighting back is not one of them. And so you're more than likely, even if you get hurt, you're more than likely going to survive by fighting back. Yeah. Because you're throwing a wrench in their plans. You, you're you throwing a, a curveball that they were, did not plan for. So always fight back if they're trying to take here. Okay, so she gives it away. She's like, take it, take it. And she starts to step back and and go towards her vehicle. Mm-hmm. But the gun then shoots his gun and shoots Diane in the back. And this shot goes um, through Diane's back and it ends up knocking her to the ground. Now, she's in a lot of pain. She's screaming that she's been shot and she is in agony and she's Mm. like turning her body back and forth, kind of like writhing in pain after being shot. And the gunman goes over to her, stands over her body and shoots her one more time Mm. and runs off with her purse. Now... Another woman was leaving the same support group around the same time and she saw all of this go down because she was out in the parking lot but she had hid by a vehicle to take cover but she still saw it all go down and she sees Mm -hmm. the gunman run away with Diane's purse and so she runs up to Diane and says, you know, don't worry, I'm gonna go get help. I'll be right back. She runs back into the lupus support group and yells that Diane's been shot and to call 911. So they call 911 and... The police and ambulances quickly arrive. Now, at this time, Diane is still alive. And so they do what's called, what they called back then, a scoop and grab. That's where they just grabbed Diane and took her to the hospital. Because at this point, they don't care about evidence. They care about trying to save Diane's life. Now, the police begin at the scene to witness, uh, to witness, to witness the question. <laughs> To question the witness. I can't <laughs> to, talk tonight. No, no, no. Keep it as witness the witness, <laughs> the, witness question. the question. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> and they find out that the shooter was about five foot six wearing military clothing and the gun was a revolver because the witness saw them have to pull back the lever of the gun to reload the bullet to shoot the second time. The lever um, or the trigger? Lever. No, God, I'm sorry.
0: This. No, no, no. It's opposite. I lied. I lied. No, you're right. Pull back the okay. hammer. No, it's pull back the, <laughs> the hammer. hammer. God. Last time I
1: called it the trigger.
0: That's right. I'm sorry. I still sorry. said it wrong. Pull back the, the hammer. We and I still said it
1: wrong. Right. <laughs> uh, listen. Uh, listen, here it's we fine. Go. I know about
0: guns. I know about revolvers. I don't know jack shit about the like anything rackham ones <laughs> yeah <laughs> also i am not strong enough to pull back the rack on a lot of them oh really i'm afraid i'm gonna break it that's the thing oh, like i'm just afraid of, i know and yeah <laughs> andrew tells me this all the time he's like you're not going to like look you just like and then he really? does it <laughs>
1: yeah and if you're not strong enough uh or if you have not used to like messing with a gun. It can be a really weird thing. Um, I haven't it shot is. a gun in a really, really long time. But yeah, my husband's probably very embarrassed listening to this. He's like, my, my, my wife. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> my wife. Yeah, my wife. Okay. So <laughs> it pulls back the <laughs> hammer to reload the gun and shoot it for the second time. So they're like, okay, it's most likely a revolver of some sorts. Mm -hmm. Lastly, they find out from the witness that the shooter had ran east through the park. So, also, within about 20 minutes from this location, they can get to multiple different military bases. And so they take note that maybe the shooter is part of the armed forces in some way, shape, or form. Now, not far from Diane's, you know, the shooting actually taking place, they actually find her purse. Now, her credit cards and her cash were the only items missing from her purse. Everything else was still there. So the police decide to get what they called back then sniffer dogs. Literally, they called them sniffer (laughs) dogs. We would call them the canine unit. (laughs) They go and get the canines and they try to track the shooter's scent from the location of the purse. When
0: I hear sniffer (laughs) dogs or whatever, I think, well, I thought about sniffer unit for a second that, joined in my mind. <laughs> and I thought about just a bunch of grown men going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a visual image. I will never be able like to Like some get really out of my head. strong like marine <laughs> men. Like the really intimidating <laughs> tattooed ones that like are bald and look like their faces no. chronically like angry,
1: going <laughs> really, really aggressively. All the men that post that if you watch the Barbie movie, you're definitely not an alpha male. <laughs>
0: It's those, oh, yeah. That, that's, yeah, the yeah. <laughs> that's the sniffer unit. Please proceed, sniffer unit.
1: <laughs> so the canines um, end up following the scent of the shooter, and they end up locating not far from there in the alley a couple of trash cans that have some military clothing in it, along Great. with a black ski mask and some some glove inserts. They called them glove inserts, so I had to look a picture, look up a picture of them because I was like, wouldn't they just be gloves? They basically are just like, think of like the cheap Walmart gloves for like, you buy kids for like 99 cents. They're just kind of like those type of gloves. And then I'm assuming you'd put like waterproof type gloves over it. That's just another added layer of warmth. Yeah. So they called them glove inserts. So all of this was in the trash can. Now, uh, the first thing investigators are thinking is that this has just been a robbery gone wrong. But... Certain things with this whole robbery gone wrong theory aren't really adding up for investigators. For one, what Robert thinks that they're gonna get a huge payday from somebody leaving a leapers support group?
0: That is a valid
1: thought. Yeah. Medical I'm bills, like, I, expenses, just yeah. day-to-day. And who, even in the 90s, like who's gonna be like stacking, you know, carrying around big old stacks of cash? And
0: there's a lot of witnesses too, when you know it's a support group meeting because like normally yeah yeah. well i know the internet wasn't like huge in the 90s
1: 1990s so i don't even think the internet was a thing was it no yes it was i don't know anything so not google (laughs) google was definitely
0: no of course not so like you wouldn't have a website up that's like hey we're meeting tonight but that you would Mm -hmm. have like a sign if it's like a community center or a church you'd have a sign right and it was a community center that would say
1: like, hey, lupus support group on Mondays at 6 p.m. And also it's at a community center. And so there's probably other activities going on, not just this right. one right. meeting. So it's like a lot of this for investigators is just not adding up. And they're like, uh. now, granted, yes. But when I said like, who's carrying around a big old wad of cash. Like, uh-huh. If you're going to rob somebody for a big wad of cash, yes, that can push you to murder somebody if you're desperate, but also like what makes you think somebody coming out of a lupus support group or even just coming out of the community center is going to have a big old stack of cash.
0: And they had the purse though. They had it. She gave it
1: to them. She gave it to them. What was the point? First thing she did, gave it to them. So they're like, what was the reason? This this is a little hinky. This this. is The investigator's like, this is a little hinky. So they're going to just keep that in the back of their heads. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, they're not letting go of the robbery gone wrong theory, but they aren't leaning towards that theory. They're also leaning, they're more leaning towards like, maybe Diane was actually targeted specifically. Okay. Or maybe Diane was shot and somebody else was targeted, but Diane was just a mistaken identity. So like maybe Diane was their mark or somebody else was their mark, but they mistook Diane for it. Now, unfortunately, Diane did die on the way to the hospital. And once she arrived, she was pronounced dead. Her husband... Mm, rest in peace. Yes. Uh, her husband, Brian, was home watching their children when he got the call from somebody that was in the lupus support group and um, that his wife had been shot and taken to the hospital. He does not know oh, how old were the babies. The babies were young. Um, I think all of them were under the age of five at this no. at this point. Yeah, they were they're pretty young, Mama. Yes. Um, and he does not know that she's dead because she's on the way to the hospital, and the people at the support group just knew that she'd been shot. She was on her way to the hospital, so he quickly gets a babysitter to watch the kids, and he mm-hmm. gets in his car and he rushes to the hospital.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now. A little backstory, Brian and Diane met in college at Angelo State University in St. Angelo, Texas. For those that don't know, that's my oma mater. Um, I didn't actually graduate. That's a whole other story. But uh, St. Angelo, Texas, that's where I grew up my entire Ooh. life.
0: <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, I know. Do you it know was- the community center? Do you know which one?
1: No, no, because they moved to Colorado Springs. So this oh, happened in right. Colorado You're Springs, right. Colorado. Okay. Yeah. But they did meet in St. Angelo, Texas, which I'm very familiar oh. with. I grew up right outside St. Angelo, Texas in a really, 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 really tiny town called Wall, Texas. My elementary, junior high, and high school were all literally the exact same campus. Like, just Oh, my right God. There. Yeah, it was very tiny. <laughs> very tiny. Wow. Um, our graduating class, which I graduated a year early, so I graduated from like, a correlating school. It's a whole long story. But mm-hmm. the gra- class I would have graduated with, we had like under 80 people.
0: Oh, shit. I, my graduating class was 450 people.
1: Yeah. The correlating school that I went to, that graduating class, the one I actually graduated with, 14. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, very soft school. Everybody knows everybody kind of thing. The dating pool is very low,
0: but okay. And yeah,
1: Yeah. Well, that was that school. You had San Angelo. Was like thirty minutes, and so yeah. man, town people. Brian was an all-star American football player. Shocker! This is West Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and Diane was a cheerleader, and they oh, met. Oh, it's so American a love story. It, it I love very it. was. It was a very neat, cute scenario, and everybody said that they were just like the ideal couple. They were very mm-hmm. sweet and generous, and just madly and deeply in love. Sweet love now. They get married and they start a family and they end up settling in Colorado Springs, Colorado, where Brian gets a job as an insurance salesman. Now he's very good at this job. And many even stated that he is known as what they call the closer. So he'd close all the insurance deals. He was just very, very good at insurance. Oh job. shit. Making that yep. money. Making some dough. Now, at this job, uh, Brian was converted to evangelical Christianity. And quickly, him and Diane became devout members of their church. And Brian was even on leadership at this church. They, When they got converted to evangelical Christianity, they went head, feet, neck, shoes, elbows, everything in. Everything in. They were very devout followers of Jesus. Damn. Okay. Yes. That's okay. And everyone... And everyone at the church loved them. Absolutely loved them. They were wonderful people. Yeah, I didn't mean anything bad about them being devout in the bush. They just, they were very, very committed. Oh, yeah,
0: you dive right in, especially if you have lupus or something, too. Not to say everyone with lupus or chronic illness seeks religion, but, like, it's a great path to go.
1: It gives you a lot of light and hope and good community. So, that's awesome. So a few hours after the shooting, the police arrived at the hospital to question Brian. Now it's normal in these situations to always question the spouse or the closest relative or loved one of the murdered victim. Very normal to happen. of course. They got to rule those people out because you a know, crime of passion. Yes, nine out of ten times it is the husband. So you know you got to you got to start there. It's the husband, not the spouse. <laughs> it's never <Yeah>. the wife. <laughs> it's never forget snapped. It's always the yeah. husband. <laughs> Well, I meant like in a murdered wife case. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. For sure. But in a murdered husband case, yeah, it's, it's usually the it's wife. It's normally the wife, yeah. It's usually in a dead spouse, it's usually the other spouse. <laughs> put it that's that such way. a sad truth. It is. That, just divorce, people.
0: As a person just that's divorce. about to be getting married, it's like, I know. Come on, guys. I just, this is a vow to love for life.
1: Just don't get a life insurance policy and you'll be great. <laughs> I know my life's not worth anything, so I don't. I
0: don't have one. I have zero. You guys are gonna jack shit if I
1: die. <laughs> I do need to get a small one though, at least to cover like a funeral and like a oh, year yeah. of expenses, so my husband and my kids can be taken care of.
0: Just throw just, me just in, if the, in the backyard. I'm fine. I'm good. Cremate me. Put me back in the earth. I don't save money. Plant some oh, flowers God. in my mouth. See what happens. <laughs> Plant some flowers. <laughs> Just put your flower bed on top of me, you know, like, <sighs> and let flowers grow from my rotting body. That's so Tumblr.
1: That's so, it very much is it's super and emo. Very much so. Okay, we're getting off track. Let's go back to this. Okay, so they're devout Christians, and they go the oh the police go to the hospital. They go to question Brian. You know, Brian has a very solid alibi. And he also is six foot three and the shooter was said to be five foot six. So there's a pretty decent discrepancy between Brian and the shooter. Okay. So police also make note that Brian is having a very emotional, normal reaction to finding out that his wife not only is dead, but has been murdered. He's crying, he's angry, he's biting his fingernails, he's just all over the place. Like he he is what you would expect a grieving spouse to look like. And so... So we're ruling them out. Ruling them out pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah. So as the police are investigating, now people are starting to, in the community, find out that Diane has been murdered. When the church members find out about the shooting, they're devastated. Hmm. They are not only devastated, but also very shocked because Diane was just one of the nicest people. She didn't have enemies. She didn't like have anything going on in her life that would make people think like, oh, so-and-so murdered her or Mm. she was targeted by so-and-so or she had beef with so-and-so. It's nothing. They're like, she was the nicest, sweetest lady with a wonderful family. She was a great mom. She was a devout member of our church. Like we are very lost. Everybody is completely confused and very lost, which also is not helping the investigators because they're like, just they have no leads. No leads. They no, no leads. leads. Dr- dry, dry dead ends. Dry dead ends. Every which way they look. Why do I feel like I'm talking about here?
0: No. Well, <laughs> dry, dry ends. Dead ends. That's immediately what I thought. Also, <laughs> they're running up dry. Is that how you say that? And they're coming up, they're coming, coming up dry. They're coming up. They're coming up empty-handed. They're coming
1: Empty up. empty-handed. They're coming they're up. up no, they're not. <laughs> they, they have no leads. That you know. There you go. Nothing. They have nothing right now. Now, the day after the shooting, uh, Diane's body goes for an autopsy. So the first shot uh, went through the back of Diane's upper left shoulder and exited the front of her shoulder. So entered through the back, exited through the front. Do we know what caliber? uh, The second, yes, we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, The second shot entered the right side of her chest underneath her armpit area and then went through her body and out the other side and actually entered and rested into her right arm. Ugh, so, God, remember, she's laying on the ground and she's writhing back and forth. And so, she was probably in motion when it happened. Rolling yeah. to her side Yeah, when they shot her through the, basically, this, Side, they called it the chest, but it's the side, you know, the side of your ribs. Yeah, side boobs, basically. God. Right through there. Now, the bullet, they did find out this bullet damaged her heart and lungs and was the fatal shot. Yeah, that makes sense. Since it was lodged into her left arm or her right arm, which is so good that it lodged there because they were able to retrieve it. And because they were able to retrieve this bullet... They were able to send it off to ballistics labs. For those of you who don't know what ballistics is, it's where they can examine the striations on a bullet. And then through those, you know, striations, they're able to match up and identify either the weapon that was used or many times actually match it to the exact gun that it was fired from. So they can tell you like make and model type thing or. And if they can get the actual firing weapon, mm-hmm. they can match it to that exact gun and be like, "Yes, this bullet came from this gun." Technology is amazing. So, no, very. It's amazing that you can do that. It's really, really cool. You
0: can recreate a bullet that's fragmented with
1: just yeah. a couple of different softwares. How amazing is it? I swear to you, science is amazing. It's I I would if I would have been this interested in science back in my like. Right. Childhood days, I would have liked so much shit. (laughs) We could have been so much more. (laughs) I've learned more through TikTok than I did in all of my educational years, including college. Just saying. I agree with that. Seriously. Okay. Now, ballistics revealed that the bullet came from an antique 1870s Colt 45 peacemaker. So, yes, a revolver-type weapon, but not only a revolver-type weapon. An 1870s Colt 45. Super Peacemaker. specific. Ultra very old. <laughs> ultra old. Dude, we're in the eight the nineteen nineties. So this is like 120 years old. I think one in one place I found that it said that it was an 1870s. And then in one place, I think actually I heard the investigator physically say it was in 1873. So wow. somewhere around 1870 to 1875 was this, this gun. So this led them to believe that either The gun that was used was either stolen or it could have possibly, you know, come from somebody who collects vintage weapons. So they just make note of that. Now they also are examining the clothing and the masks and the gloves that they found in the trash cans. Now on the mask they recovered hair samples, and on the clothes and gloves they actually recovered uh, dog hair samples. <gasps> it so, was a dog
0: the whole time—a <laughs> five foot six dog. <laughs> you need to teach your dogs about gun safety. There's there's probably a book on that. There's one for cats.
1: Oh, are you are you joking right now?
0: I'm go look at it whenever. This is my recommendation of the day is the gun safety. How to teach your cat gun safety? I don't know who wrote it, but kudos on you.
1: Oh my God. Now I have to go look at that. Uh You're welcome. It'll be your Christmas present. You're welcome. We will add that to the show notes. (laughs) Why? Because we're random, but we will add that to the show notes (laughs) for you guys. So, they find Doc hair. Now, police then dig into the Hood family because they don't have a lot of leads. They don't have any leads at this point. They're not really making sense with the whole robbery gone wrong thing. So they're like, let's see if there's something going on with the Hood family that would make Diane a target. Mm-hmm. Or not mm-hmm. even just Diane. Like, uh, maybe something's going on with Brian. He got into something and then they killed Diane as like payback to Brian. You know, they're just, their minds going all over sex, the place. drugs, rock and roll. Right. I don't know. They're taking every avenue and mm-hmm. just going down the, like, where's it going to take us? Because that's really all they can do at this moment. So they start taking it into the Hood family. Um, first, they go to Brian's employer and his employer raves about him. He's like, he known as the closer. He's a hard worker. He is great with the clients. Like he, no bad things about him, not one. Mm. So the family also, like I'm pretty sure Diane did not work, um, but she was very well known in the community and within her church. And again, all of these church members are not only just like raving about Diane as a person, but they're like, we have no idea. We have no clue on who could have done this because... She didn't have any beef with anybody. She, like, there was no quorums or, like, problems in her marriage or anything. Like, there was nothing. It was a pretty happy, loving marriage. Okay. No problems with friends. Like, nothing. So, Uh again, the police are like, oh, great, but we have no leads. Like, absolutely not one direction to go. Now, that is until they get a call. Oh, no from a concerned citizen named Rich. Oh, Rich. Rich, Richie boy. Rich owned a local flower shop in the town and he was very concerned. So he decided to call the cops and just tell them what he thought so that it would be off his chest because he didn't know, but he has suspicions and he was like, I just want to tell the cops all of this to make myself feel better.
0: Oh, what a good citizen. citizen. I appreciate citizen. that. Because I honestly...
1: If it wasn't for Rich, I still think this case would have been solved. But if it wasn't for Rich, I think it would have taken a lot longer Mm, for this to start adding up for other people. But Rich, he owns a flower shop in town and he tells the police that he has a part-time employee named Jennifer Riley. Now, over the last few months, a man would call the shop asking for her and he would tell the shop owner, Rich, that his name was Brian Hood. So he's like, Jennifer. Yeah. (laughs) So Brian, this murdered woman's husband, is calling his shop and asking for Jennifer. And he knows that Jennifer herself is also married. So he believes that they were having an affair. Now, there were other things that happened to me that made him believe like, yeah, they were probably having an affair because he said that during the last couple of months, Jennifer was acting a wee bit weird and she just wasn't acting like herself and she was doing things that like she normally wouldn't have done. For example, Mm. everybody took turns taking out the trash. She decided the last few months, like she was just going to take the trash out when it wasn't her turn and just offer it up. I'll take the trash out. And that was weird, on top of it taking her longer to do deliveries than it should have. So he was a little suspicious. And so one time when she went to take the, the uh, trash out when it wasn't her turn, he followed her and he caught her in a car kissing another man that was not her husband Ooh. that Rich believed was Brian Hood.
0: Brian was taking out of her trash. That does not sound sexy. No. I thought it would come <laughs> across as like... You're, You're like reminded. just
1: scratch that and moving on. Everyone, please ignore that I just said. That. That's fine. <laughs> so the shop owner also said that Jennifer was his best employee. She was on time, hard worker. She worked great with all the customers that came in to get flowers, and she was just an amazing employee. And so he had a really hard time calling the police and telling oh. them his suspicions because it's like she's a really good person. Jen, but come on. He's <laughs> He, he's like, I just can't I, can't, I can't sit with this because this woman has been murdered and I'm pretty sure her husband is cheating on her with my employee. And I, which kudos to him for just being like, I need to get this off my chest. If it turns into something, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, at least it's off my chest and I didn't, you know, hinder an investigation most likely. Now, he also tells the police that uh, Jennifer's husband is a man named Ben, Ben Riley. And Ben was in the military, and Ben was also a collector of guns. Dun, dun,
0: dun. I have to leave the state. I
1: I have to leave the state now. Right? How has this happened? Could it really um, be that easy and as simple as a murderous affair? I mean... Really? A tale as old as time. That's nice. Mm-hmm. That's it's different.
0: This is different.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. now. No, if, it's not Beauty and the Beast. No,
0: it's, it's the same. <laughs> Ryan. But not Beast, like, in a good way. You're not like, yeah, a, no. yeah I'm a beast, bro. No, it's like, he's beast. he's
1: definitely yeah. guest on. He's guest on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he will agree with me the more we go down this little rabbit hole of this case. No so, one kills like Brian. Sorry. No. <laughs> okay, so with this information, they now need to interview Ben. Because they're like, uh, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. So the next day they notify Fort Carson to let them know that they're coming to interview Brian. I think that's just like the military is its own like jurisdictional type Correct. area. They have know? their own police force. They do. Yeah. So I think this is just the way of the... It's protocol. Yeah. And the city police like being polite and being like, hey, we're coming to interview him. And the, the military is like, yeah, cool. Come on over now. Let's talk about Ben for just a second. Um, Ben came, I don't know a whole lot about Ben, but I do know that he came from a good family. He was a really good husband to Jennifer and that he was very, very proud to be serving his country by joining the military. He took Hell his yeah. military service very, very serious. Mm. And it wasn't just like a, which no shade for people who like join the military and get their education paid for, uh-huh. Do it, I totally get why you would need to do that. but he like took his military service very serious and he actually like rose the ranks within whatever branch of the military he was in. I couldn't find exactly which one I am hmm. going to guess either Army or Marines, but that is a guess, okay, totally out a left field. but I'm gonna guess that. Now, at this point in his life, he had held the rank of captain. That's how far he had ranked up. Oh, that's nice. Don't ask me what comes before that and don't ask me what comes after because I don't know. (laughs) People that are listening, they are like, oh, captain, that means he was in this branch. Awesome. Tell us in the comments on Instagram because I have no idea. Trust (laughs) me, if you ask them to school you, they'll school you. Right. So investigators arrive. They're investigating Ben or they're questioning Ben. Um, and they tell him that they're investigating the murder, and they can tell pretty quickly that Ben's getting a little nervous, which... <laughs> That's a natural reaction. <laughs> Ditto. I'm I'm sorry. Any cop comes to me like, we're investigating a murder. I would be shitting a brick, and I would know my ass is innocent. I'd still be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, like, why I'm in trouble. Like, and why are you shit. asking me is the thing. It's right? like, what? Hold on. The- if you're not nervous... Something's wrong. That's my opinion. Uh-huh. So they tell Ben all about Diane's murder, and then they ask him if he collects antique weapons. Ben says he does. They then ask him if he owns an 1870s antique Colt 45 revolver. He says he does. They ask, them, or he, they ask him, where is it? And he's like, it's in the armory. So the unit armory on a military base, for those that don't know, that's where all of the weapons for the military personnel have to be held, like their own personal military, uh, weapons. They can't be on their persons or in their vehicle. They have to be held and cataloged and in inventory. You
0: can check them out and yeah, them check them back in when yeah. you need to, especially if you're doing like a simulation practice. But uh, in general, they stay in the armory for sure.
1: They stay in the armory. They're, it's very much controlled. They want to know who has what weapon, where, when, why, and how. It's very... Very much by the books. So they, he tells them that it's in the unit armory. But then he says, well, it was actually at my residence up until the day after the murder. And then it was at the unit armory. <laughs> oh, Ben, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Ben. then so they ask... Ben, if they can have the weapon, and he agrees. Yeah, take take the weapon. And Ben also agrees to look at the clothing that they found. So Ben gets in their vehicle and he goes down to the police station. He looks at all of the clothing that they found. And he says, yeah, that could be mine. Like, I have all of that stuff. The only difference... The inserts? the He even had the glove inserts. Everything. Except the glove inserts that he had, he said... His didn't have a cut on the finger, but these glove inserts did. Now, the police are like, well, that's the trigger finger. And if somebody who's not familiar with guns Uh is shooting a weapon, they can hold it in an improper way into where they can actually get their finger caught on the hammer or... Therefore, the glove will be caught also. Yeah, or the glove. Exactly. And so they're like, these could still be his... But whoever wore them caused the cut to happen in the finger at the time of Diane's shooting. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Well, then it wouldn't okay, be well. him then because he's experienced with gun stuff. That
1: wouldn't make sense. <laughs> I think at this point, the cops are like, okay, I'm pretty sure this guy didn't do it.
0: Oh, but, poor guy. But, I mean, but like it's so all anxious. his stuff.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, no, It's yeah. just like offering it. I'm sorry, if you like really kill somebody, you wouldn't be like, yeah, that's not mine. No, that's not yeah. mine. It's <laughs> mine. That, you know, you would be doing this. So I'm pretty sure the cops are like, either you're playing a really weird fucking angle, or you really are not the murderer.
0: Yeah, because
1: this isn't happening. And up. with yeah. him
0: taking his career so seriously, you don't mm-hmm. want to jeopardize that. And one of the main marks of it is the armory and checking in and out yeah. your things, like. You think yeah. you're going to get away with it with something that you took out of the armory? I don't think so. I don't y- think yes, so. Yes, I,
1: I, I agree. But there are some crimes that I have, you know, listened to and, and heard about where I'm like, did you really think that, that, that you weren't going to get caught? People do stupid shit. They do. They are, you know, so, you know, you just, you would think
0: that okay. people wouldn't
1: do something that stupid, but there are people that do. They really wow. are, unfortunately.
0: Hey, happy for him, though, because then we get to catch him and then, you know. Yeah, like, please keep being stupid. Please, please continue to lose all yes. brain cells. Oh, okay. Back to the
1: story. So Ben hasn't done anything. Ben And the police are like, okay, we we're pretty sure you're not the shooter, but like all this stuff is yours. the the gun is most likely from your house. So like... Who got it? What happened? So they start asking him more questions. And they find out that um, Ben and Jennifer's marriage was on the rocks and had been for a while. They Mm -hmm. were temporarily separated and Ben actually moved out of the house one week prior to the shooting. Oh. Now, before he left, Jennifer asked him specifically to leave the Colt 45 behind so that she could use it for her protection. Jen. Is what she requested. Yes, Jim. Oh, Jim. Now, the night of the murder, Ben said that he was working until about 9 p.m., and then he called Jennifer and asked if she wanted to have dinner with him. This just shows you, in my opinion how sweet Ben was because he was calling his wife that he separated with and he's trying to repair this marriage and he's like, you want to go have dinner with me? He's trying. you know. Somebody
0: give him a hug. Give him a kiss I on the know. mouth. Good Lord.
1: He's so good. Oh. Love and you, Ben. She tells him, no, the kids are at the babysitter and I'm just going to go for a little run. So, no. Fuck thank you, you, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now... He goes to dinner with one of his army buddies and then he says while he is at dinner, he gets a call from Jennifer and she demands that he come home right then. He's a man trying to work on his marriage. And so he rushes home very quickly and he gets there and he crawls into bed with Jennifer. Aww. They end up making love.
0: Ah, and so sweet.
1: he says that it was weird though because Jennifer was very clammy. The whole entire time. Ew. And she was acting odd. I know. I was like, oh, that's weird." <laughs> and he said she's acting odd. And it just, she just wasn't acting like herself. Okay. Well, after they have sex, he they go to sleep. And then the next morning when they wake up, she tells him that she wants the gun out of the house and to take it back to the unit armory. And so he
0: does. I wonder if she also told him, like, I guess to make it not seem so random. I'm speculating here. What if she was like... Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel so much safer with you here. Just stay with me a couple more days. We can work things out. You can take the gun back to the armory. We don't need it.
1: I don't, you know, that's a good point. Isn't that kind of random
0: to be like, get it out of the house or like, I really need it super badly. I'm
1: scared or I don't know. I could see what you're saying. I could see that happening.
0: Who knows if that actually happened, but I just feel like that would make sense because I feel like, Ben is probably an intelligent person, especially to Mm -hmm. be holding a rank of someone as a captain. And I don't know. He just seems to have a lot of brain cells to me. Lots of squiggles on the brain. Not a smooth brain boy. So
1: Mm -mm. I'm thinking
0: she had to like kind of make something up there Mm
1: -hmm. to make
0: it make sense.
1: Yeah. Well, and mind you, he does not know that she's possibly having an affair. He's... Yeah, has no idea that that's even a thing. That's true. And so I think it would be easier for Mm -hmm. her to be like, "Oh, you're here now. Yeah, take the gun back." And he'd be like, "Okay, things are working. You, yeah, yeah.
0: Things are working in our marriage. Yep. (laughs) That dick though. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, I have to put one pervy thing in every episode. I feel every
1: episode just for you guys. You're welcome. Sorry, Ben. (laughs) Now, Ben also tells the police, this was very interesting. He tells them that about a week prior to him and her separating, she actually asked, Jennifer, actually asked Ben to take her to the shooting range and practice shooting the Colt 45, which was odd to him. Because he collected guns. He loved guns. He would come home from work. He would clean his guns. He took care of them. You know, like, he loved them. But Jennifer was not interested in guns whatsoever. Like, she had no I was going to say, is interest. this a gun
0: fanatic family? Is this like a bonding
1: thing? But no, no. Oh, come no. on, Jen. She didn't come like on. It. so, <laughs> randomly, she's like, take me shooting so I can practice. And now that all this is adding up, he's like, What the... Oh, that was really weird. That was just a little weird. That was really weird. Oh, God. So, he tells the police that. Now, due to all of this information, the police have probable cause to get a search warrant for the Riley's home and cars. As they search, search their property, they discover bullets that were consistent with the bullets used in the Colt 45, and they found dog hair from their brown lab that was consistent with the dog hair found on the clothing. Now, yes, later on, forensics did an analysis and conclusively identified and matched the dog hair. So the dog hair on the clothing, same dog hair that was found in the Riley home. All righty. Police now decide it's time to bring Jennifer in because they're like, we're pretty sure Ben didn't do the shooting. (laughs) Hey, Jen, what's up? Unless you're a three-year-old and one-year-old, because she has two kids, remember? I don't know if I said that earlier. She is a mom. No, I don't think you did. Yeah, she is a mom with two kids. So unless her three-year-old or one year old could magically become five foot six and learn how to shoot a revolver. Don't yours do that? There, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't have kids. I wouldn't know. Yeah. You know, they're they're mischievous, but
1: the mysteries of parenting. Unless we lived in Hogwarts, I would say that's probably <laughs> not the case. Um so they're like, yeah. She's our only other, you know, probable person, possible suspect in this case. So they bring Jennifer in and they're like, eh, we need to ask her some questions. Now, of course, at first, Jennifer's like, no, I don't know anything about this. And they tell her, you know, about the gun and about the clothing. And she's like, what? And no, uh, you want to know what she claims? <laughs>
0: You're Jennifer This voice.
1: Jennifer, I know. <laughs> she claims. Mm hmm. Someone could have stole that gun and stolen those clothing items. And like, put it back? Yeah, because she leaves her back door unlocked all the time. So somebody could have just slipped in, got the gun, got the clothes, and did the murder. And then ditched them. But then somehow put the gun back. It so makes sense, right? I mean, it makes perfect I have sense. no words. I'm doing two the and like... Two, two and two is equaling seven right now. Okay. In her mind, 2 to equal them. I think so. Okay, okay. Um, now, she does admit to knowing Brian Hood. She's like, yeah, we know each other. Um, but she's very adamant that they're just platonic friends. There's no sexual relationship. There's no affair. They're just friends. She tells them that they met at the local gym in a hot tub, and they just hit it off as friends. Oh, so
0: no. <laughs> St- hold the phone. Hold the back door. Hold my cup. This is not. <laughs> you were getting dicked down.
1: I, Don't even with a hot tub at the gym. You were getting dicked down, I, my sister. I meet, I meet all my platonic friends in a hot tub. Every That's how you and it. I met. Yeah. <laughs> Our virtual hot tub. A virtual. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, police are like, hey, we ain't buying your shit, but we're, we need to. We need to corroborate this. So they go to the gym. They leave Jennifer at the police station. They go to the gym and they start asking all the employees if they know Brian Hood or Jennifer Riley. And they're like, yeah, aren't they married? Mm. (laughs) They had attended the gym, gone to the gym together so much and flirted and were all over each other in this gym. So much so that all the employees assumed they were married. Oh, my God. Hot yeah. and heavy in a whole new way. Like, wow. Jennifer, what did you think these people were going to say? Oh, I thought they were brother and sister. Come on. Oh, wow. So the police go back to the police station. And they're like, all right, Jennifer. That's not what the gym employees are saying. Now, Jennifer sits there and she's like, oh, fuck. It's all adding up. She's realizing she has no way out. And she... Quickly realizes like she just needs to confess to this crime, so she tells the police officers that she will confess, but she wants Ben, her husband, she wants him to be present if she's going to confess. Why? Why? I I I, I don't know. Wouldn't that be worse? <laughs> I don't know. I you know like I okay. This is the weirdest comparison, but it's the only thing that I know to compare it to. Um, when I make TikTok videos or like Instagram videos or things. It's the most fucking awkward thing to do it in front of people. In it, even my husband, like I hate it when I'm like in the living room and no, he yeah. walks in. I'm like I gotta go to the other room because this is awkward. I agree. I can't imagine sitting there and being like I had an affair and this and this and this happened. Like and I shot a woman of, and oh, awkward. Awkward. And Why I used your gun. You? And
0: I used your clothes. And I tried to pin it on you. How are you? I- <laughs> Because I, I think that's what the goal was, was to pin it on him so that her and Ryan could run off scot-free without, with the husband put away and the wife dead. That's, I mean,
1: that's a great theory. That's a good theory. That's what it looks like to me. Now, oh, Jen. they bring Ben in and Jennifer starts from the beginning. So yes, they actually did meet at the gym in the hot tub. Brian was a very charismatic person. He's very good looking <laughs> and of course, very flirtatious. That's just who Brian is well, apparently. Well, he's the
0: closer, is he not? You he know? is the closer. He is the closer. Close your
1: legs getting dick down. Sorry. In more ways than one, he mm-hmm, is the closer. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we will learn more about that. So he, at this meeting, he talks about God and his devotion to his religious beliefs. And Jennifer, she quickly fell for him. Because when Ben was in the, you know, in the military and things, he would have what's, what do they call it? Uh, That he would go down range and then do these missions. Mm -hmm. And so apparently, whatever that is, you would be gone for a handful of days at a time. And so she was very lonely. She's a new mom. She's got little kids. She's at home alone. Her husband's gone a lot. And he was in the, they were in the military, so they moved around a lot. So not only Mm -hmm. is she lonely because her husband's not home. She's also like, doesn't have a whole lot of friends in the community because she's new. She doesn't know her neighbors or she's, they're not part of a church or anything like that. And so her deepest desires was to have a husband that was home and present and just, she had this fantasy and Ben apparently was not it. But Brian was everything plus some that she had fantasized about within not just a marriage, but also a family all together. So she falls for him very quickly. So while they're sitting there, Brian's like, hey, I'm an insurance salesman and I want to, you know, see if I can save you some money. How about I come over later and I give you a new quote for some insurance? And she's quickly falling for him. So she's like, yeah, come over later. We'll talk insurance. So Brian comes over that night. They're sitting on the couch. Apparently they're sitting very close to each other. And then Jennifer gets up and goes to the basement for some reason. I don't know why. And Brian decides to follow her. And somehow they end up kissing in the basement. And Brian picks her up and puts her on the washing machine. And they make love for the very first time. Wow. And their whirlwind of an affair started from there. Now... After a full hour talking with the police and detailing her relationship with Brian and their affair, she looks over at Ben and says, I did it, honey. I killed her. Oh, my God. I can't, I can't imagine. What in the world? I can't imagine being either of these people in this moment. Like, what in the world? Somebody give Ben a
0: hug. Also, Jennifer is not pretty. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm saying I it either. out I, loud. I, I thought I thought she was pretty. I thought Jennifer and and Diane.
1: Were I both would say
0: that Diane was prettier. I may be biased. Yeah. However, You're, how do you say her last name? Jennifer really Riley Riley. I, I call her Riley and
1: really reality. Really, rea- like rea- 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 I think it's rea-ly. Rea-ly. Riley. Riley. I'm gonna say Riley. Oh, she um, died. Sorry, She did hold on, hold on. Don't sorry. Don't ruin I the case.
0: Damn it. <laughs> I wanted to see a picture of her. I wanted to see a picture of her and of Brian. I'm not sure if I got an accurate picture of him, though. There was a lot of Brian hoods.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hold on. We will We will definitely share. I'll show you pictures awesome. at the end. But yeah. Okay, hold on. Don't move anything else, Lola. Okay? I'm not. My phone is away. <laughs> it's away. She really does not remember a lot of this case. This is quite
0: hilarious. Um <laughs> I have the the memory of a squirrel, if that okay. or like a really understimulated light bulb. <laughs> I don't know. Light bulb. <laughs> I don't
1: that's know. the weirdest
0: comparison. Oh my
1: gosh, that's funny. Ignore me. Just keep going. Okay, I'll keep going. Okay, so now she says that Diane's death wasn't her idea. After her and Brian had slept together, Brian told her that they were married in God's eyes, and she was now his. He even pulls out the Bible verse, 1 Corinthians 11, 3. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Basically saying, you're mine now. That's a lot of head. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) That one little section, that's a lot of head. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So over the next handful of months of that affair, Brian used his religious beliefs in the Bible as a way to control and manipulate Jennifer. He didn't do this all at once. Like this was a very slow and methodical thing that he did. um, But he did it over time and just was like chipping away at Jennifer's sense of reason. Now he would say things like, Diane is in so much pain from her lupus. Diane just wishes she would die. This is all part of God's plan. God brought you into my life for a purpose. This is your purpose. Now, for those of you who don't know what lupus is, it is an inflammatory disease. It's quite painful. It, it's a, it's a, an immune system. It's where your immune system attacks itself and it just can cause random inflammation anywhere within your body. And you can have minor flare-ups to major flare-ups. It can be a spectrum. And somebody can have a more severe flare-ups and and case of lupus while others have a more mild case. From what I know about Diane, her case was pretty mild. And she was actually managing it very well. And one of the things that really helped her was going to this lupus support group. Aww. And so Brian was full of bullshit. She was doing great. She was a great mother. She was a loving person. She loved God. She loved her church. She loved her family. She was just living life to her fullest. Was it a struggle with lupus? Yes, but she was fighting through it and doing an amazing Job
0: And she had her church community there to support her and her lupus, you know, yeah. support groups. So she, she had everything.
1: Brian, she was thriving. was just a selfish little twat. Uh-huh. I agree. So over time, unfortunately, Jennifer believes Brian and she truly believed that this was God's will. And that if God didn't want this to happen, she truly believed that God would make it not happen. He would intervene and just make this not happen. I, I think that Jennifer was so desperate for this like fantasy mm-hmm. family yeah. that she was very vulnerable vulnerable in this moment, and Brian swept in and brainwashed her.
0: She probably had no other voice or reason to. You said she doesn't have or she didn't have any friends too. So mm-hmm. like. I think um, she had a
1: few, but not very many. She wasn't tied into any kind of like community stuff that I know of. I, I think she just really desperately wanted this attentive husband that was home all the time and that was loving. And him showing all of this devotion to God was another thing that just like made Jennifer look up to him even more. Like it was oh, just yeah. something more beautiful. Yeah. And so I... I he just was able to brainwash her. That does not say that, like, that does not mean that she is not 100%, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Intelligent. I'm not not saying that she shouldn't be held accountable for what she did. Like, she still made the decision to do what she did. You know?
0: So. She's a person with her own
1: mm
0: -hmm. actions that she has to suffer the consequences for. However, This was there was a religious factor in this. And if she definitely. too was a Christian and I mean uh, you're looking for that godly man, I get it. I get it. So
1: Yeah, there was definitely a religious factor to this case. Um Brian definitely used the Bible to manipulate her um, and his religious beliefs and him saying, God brought you into my life for a purpose and like really drilling into her that this was her purpose. Like we all look for what our purpose is in life. And when you're in a place of vulnerability, uh, you're going to really fall into a place of like seeking what God's purpose is for you. That's why I joined a motherfucking cult when I was a teen. I was looking for my purpose and I joined a cult. It can happen to anyone. And she danced. She dressed like a demon and danced. I should. We'll talk about that later. <laughs>
0: Moving on. <laughs> Oh, and too, she was hearing this from a person that she trusted. Yes, yes. Like he built rapport with her, it seemed, and then started in with this whole like, this is God's plan. So she had no other, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't blame Mm -hmm. her for believing him. Well, and
1: remember, he was in leadership at his church. And so. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. So he's not just like a churchgoer. He was in leadership. So she really did look up to him and respect there. Respect him. Yeah. I, I would say, in my opinion, there is an abusive power of, you know, like, cause he's within leadership and she's like a new, I don't know, maybe I'm guessing like maybe a new baby Christian. There's my Perhaps. Christianese language coming out, but you know, and so she's <laughs> very malleable. She, she, and she, he took advantage of that and manipulated her and brainwashed her. Now let's keep going. Brian says that he can't be the one to kill her because, of course, the police are going to look at him. He can't be the one to do it. So he needs Jennifer to be the one to kill Diane. Now, over time, Jennifer does finally agree. Um, Brian says to her that he is very adamant that there needs to be two shots. Uh, he She needed Jennifer to need to make sure that Diane was dead 100%. Damn, Brian. And after the murder, yeah, he wanted to make sure that she was out. So after the murder takes place, he instructed Diane... Uh, Jennifer, to go find a payphone and call him and let it ring twice and then hang up. So two shots, make sure she's dead. After the murder, call me from a payphone, two rings. That way, I know the murder has taken place. So I can prepare myself to act like a grieving spouse when the police come or I have to go to the hospital.
0: Did he say that verbatim? Or like, Yes, he said that. Well,
1: I'm I'm paraphrasing, but yes, he told her. That. But like, he told her so
0: that I can so that or I act can prepare. Like,
1: oh my uh-huh. god! So that I know what's happened, so I can prepare to act like a grieving spouse. <laughs> Brian, you son of a bitch. Okay, okay, son of a bitch. I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. So Jennifer's confession gave the police probable cause to arrest Brian, and um, he they decided. Uh, or hold on, sorry, sorry. Jennifer's confession gave the police probable cause to arrest Brian Hood as the mastermind of the murder. Mm -hmm. Now they go and they arrest Brian the night before Diane's funeral and they show up to Brian's home and take him into custody. Now Brian quickly invokes his right to remain silent and he chooses to hire an attorney. See, he knows. He I, knows. Right. I could judge him for that, but like every attorney... I you mean, should always every, do that. You should always, even if you're innocent, like always hire an attorney. Always. It's just a smart thing to do. But I still want to like judge him for that. It's hard not to. It is hard but, when you know that they're guilty. You know? Yeah. Like you know you know they're Like guilty. in hindsight, yeah. it's like,
0: ugh. But literally, it doesn't matter if you had anything to do with it or not, always get a lawyer. You're right. Don't talk.
1: Don't yes. talk. Do not talk. Don't talk. talk. <laughs> hmm Okay. So the next day is Diane's funeral, and Brian was actually supposed to be the one to give the eulogy, but oh. he's not there. So everybody at this funeral is very confused at first because they're like, where's Brian? And it's a small town. It don't take long for this to start you know, spreading. Okay. And they're like... He was arrested last night for Diane's murder. And if everybody was shocked about Diane's murder, they were even more shocked at Brian being the one arrested for her murder. Nobody knew about an affair. Nobody knew that he was, you know, part and mastermind behind this. Like it was, this was way out of left field for everybody. High school sweethearts. Yeah. Not uh, the college sweethearts. College, College, sorry. College. College? College sweethearts
0: gone wrong. Yeah. Even though no warning signs.
1: I will say kudos to the police and for Rich coming forward because within one week of Diane's murder, both Jennifer and Brian were in custody. This seems like such a long process like from how far we've come, but it was just a week. So that's cool. It was just one week. And I was shocked. because I was like, you got the ballistics and the forensics back in one week? Jesus Christ. That was... That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, shit. Like you guys did... They did they did good. No qualms here. Now, through his lawyer, Brian claims a fatal attraction defense, meaning that yes, he did have an affair with Jennifer, but he broke it off. You know, they were not a thing anymore, and Jennifer just couldn't handle it and decided to kill Diane. That that was his defense. Now, due to the fact that literally all the evidence is tied directly to Jennifer. There is no way that they can actually convict Brian without Jennifer's cooperation and testimony against him. So, they give her a plea deal and they tell her that they will take off the uh death penalty off her case off her trial if she qu- agrees to testify in Brian's trial truthfully. And she quickly is like, "Yes, I will testify, just take the death penalty off my case. Put me in jail for the rest of my life, but" Just take the death penalty off. Now, before Brian's trial takes place, investigators are still trying to build a case against him. And they find out that Brian was a big fat flirt. And this was not his first affair. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Shocker. This is not his first affair. Mm. Who would have thought?
0: Poor Diane. I I feel like I haven't said her name enough. And uh, poor Diane. I want to hug her. It's really hard already. Like, This is backtracking a little bit, but like being a person that also suffers with a chronic illness that also causes pain, it's like uh, you have so much that you're constantly having to deal with and try to not burden other people with, as well as taking care of your kids, which I have no idea what that's like. And I'm sure it's a shit ton of work. And then also trying to like be part of your church community and help serve with them and do things with them. I mean, she's putting a lot of work into this life that she wanted to build with him. Mm-hmm. And he just spat in her face and had her killed. It's just, it's disgusting. Rest in power, Diane.
1: Yes. <sighs> it's, it's heartbreaking, honestly.
0: Also, side note, earlier when I looked up their pictures,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Brian looks like a typical white pastor.
1: Yeah, thousand percent. I don't care what
0: anyone says. He literally looks like a typical, like white man that is in
1: a leadership position at a church. And you have to Jump look up his—you have to look up his uh, jail photo. Like I saw, uh, there was one, yeah, not too like from not Yeah, oh,
0: I saw yeah. those from recent. I'm weird. not much
1: for shaming people's looks, but like Brian, I will shame his looks because he's a fucking—he's
0: a I cunt, agree. Okay. I'm
1: just gonna say it. he's a cunt. I hope that he fixes himself. That's all. Well, apparently the church was Brian's hunting ground and he would just, you know, have affairs with all of the women there. One woman named Jean admitted to having an affair with Brian and said he was, quote, very forward, flirtatious, and religious. And so he was so <laughs> religious and flirtatious. that just, that's his Instagram <laughs> I bio. Myself. Yeah, right? Oh my gosh. It's if not he had a an Bible Instagram verse, bio. It's, mm-hmm. wait, say it again. What is it? Quote, very forward, flirtatious, and religious. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Now, they even discovered that one time uh, when Brian was camping with a few of his friends, <laughs> Brian had brought up the possibility of his friends helping him murder his wife. And he said this out loud to his friends. Did no one say anything? Hey, guys. Want to help me murder my wife? Yeah, they they just thought he was kidding. Ah, such a funny They didn't joke. say anything to her? No, they didn't say shit. Okay, and this isn't the first damn time I've heard this in a case where people literally talk about murdering somebody and then yeah. go and murder yeah. that person and all these other people knew it. They're like, oh, but we thought they were kidding. Now, if you're, okay, guys, listen up. If your friend says if anything, anyone. anything, yeah, anyone, if anybody says anything about murdering somebody or murdering their spouse, here's what you need to do. One, you need to tell that person or that spouse. Like, and then you need hey, to report it. So and so said they wanted to murder you. <laughs> Everyone kind of laughed, but like, just a heads up. Two, you need to report it to the police. And then three, don't be that person's friend. I agree. Okay?
0: I but, agree. Why are, why are we taking I can this behind. as a
1: joke? How are we taking this as a joke? I.
0: This, uh, what? What? Okay. I just don't. Let me just say, if Andrew wanted to kill me and was asking his friends to help, I know all of his friends are loyal to him, but there's not a single one that wouldn't be calling me up or telling their wife, like, hey, can you tell her this happened? Right. Not a single one. I don't care if he's drunk. I don't care what the circumstance is, if it's a joke. The only thing I can think
1: of in my head, specifically for this case, is that Brian was so manipulative. Like he, he literally convinced yeah. somebody to murder his wife for him. That he was so manipulative that he was able to play it off in such a way that they literally were convinced that he was like,
0: "Gotcha," you know, kind of thing. Ah. Uh. The disarming still? argument thing. Okay. Okay,
1: But also, maybe this is the difference between men and women. And here's why. Because women are terrified of every man. Are you a good man? Great. On it, Awesome. We love that. But like, are we still terrified of you? Correct. Yep, we are. Always like, correct. that is our life. Every day I walk out, I am terrified of any man that walks near me. Why? Because statistically, you're more likely to hurt us in some way, shape, or form, assault us, kidnap us, whatever. Statistically, we are in trouble, you know? And so I don't know if it's just men being like they don't have that mindset of being in fear in in, in such a consistent way that we are. They don't. We're like we're our red flags are coming up and there's just like it was just a joke.
0: Pass the beer. Yeah, there, there's a lot of truth in that too. Like when I go for a walk by myself, even in my neighborhood, even where I know all my neighbors and I know they have ring doorbells and lots of people are outside with kids, I'm constantly looking over my shoulder and I keep my volume down on my earbuds so that I can still hear what's happening around me. And I know that if it was my fiance doing that, he wouldn't think twice. He wouldn't look back unless there was like a car coming. Yeah, He just... And it's it's just not ingrained in them to do it, that kind no, of thing. No. I don't find many paranoid men unless something like has already happened
1: to them that was traumatic. I my husband is not. I think he's more aware of his surroundings mm-hmm. when he's by himself. I think he than the average person. Yeah, but I still think there's probably a good portion of him that just kind of lets it go to the wayside when he's by himself. But he's definitely more aware of his surroundings, like hyper vigilant when he is with me, especially if it's like me, us all together and our children. He like will sit in a specific area of the restaurant to make sure he can see the doors and that's what
0: I was gonna say. Does he sit in the he does, does he have to face the door or like he has he to has face to the door be able to see me as well as because uh-huh. Andrew, yes. if I'm going to sit on the like the side where the wall is, he's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. I you can sit beside me or you can sit in front of me, but like I I have to have have that Mm seat. I respect that, you
1: know. Like, yeah.
0: In this world,
1: I mm, no, and and I like, and that's where I think men's hypervigilance for for some men is is high um, when there's women around. But for themselves, it's just kind of different. Yeah, you know, this is just a big group of men. Yeah. Well, they also find out that Brian had told Jennifer that, you know, Ben was out there having his own affairs and eventually he was going to just leave her. And what? she was going to be left alone to raise those two kids all by herself. And he was basically like, look at this life I'm giving you. Also, um, they found out that he had gotten a ins- uh, life insurance policy on Diane. It was $100,000, but with a clause that paid out double in the event of an accidental death. Murder was included in this accidental <laughs> death. So he's like, Brian's out, Ben's out here having all these affairs. He's gonna leave you. You are can be a single mom. I'm offering you beautiful life with me. So religious, good, godly man, me. And I'm gonna offer you two hundred thousand dollars just go murder my wife. Like, <laughs> super easy, real quick, all the time. That's great. So, oh my with God. Jennifer's testimony, the jury is convinced, and Brian Hood is found guilty of solicitation and conspiracy to commit murder. But unfortunately, he's found not guilty of actual murder. Now, one of the investigators of this case said that based off of the evidence and the law, there was plenty there to support a guilty verdict of murder for Brian Hood. Uh, but unfortunately, the jury didn't agree. and uh, Brian was sentenced to 37 years in prison. hmm And the asshole was paroled on March 11th of 2019. Get out of here. Get yeah, out of my- here. Nah, yeah, he's free. Don't even. Yep. He's free. He's out here walking around, living his best life. Uh, he better not he, be. He didn't even spend the whole 37 years in prison. He's literally spent 29. 29 years in prison.
0: So how old is he?
1: Uh Oh, shit. I have no idea. 30, ish 65? Wow. Ish. I'm going to say ish somewhere around there. Yeah. The only thing that I take comfort in is the fact that he was paroled in 2019 um, and COVID hit in 2020. And so he went from like lock up to like our world going to shit. And so.
0: <laughs> the adjustment period went like to shit.
1: Yeah. When I find cases that people are paroled in like 2019 or like early 2020, I'm like, <laughs> fucker, like that must suck. You know? Yeah. It's a. My pettiness. Is well, a that's little, some good karma, though. You know, yeah. yeah. I don't know what his life is like today. I hope it's horrible. Um, I hope his pillow is never cold, and I hope he stubs his toe every morning, and he has explosive diarrhea every Christmas and Thanksgiving.
0: I love that manifestation. Let's that's all so just good. for a second chant that together. <laughs> I'm going to put those good vibes out there for you, Brian,
1: because your wife deserves better because she was an angel. Oh, she...
0: And your kids deserved better. Yeah. I don't know if they have anything to do with him anymore. I sure hope not. But, like, you stole their mom. Mm Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you stole everything from her, and then you stole so much from
1: them. Just shame on you. Shame on you. They... I think they had three boys, if I'm remembering correctly. They had three boys, and they were all under the age of five. And then uh, Jennifer had a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And in Diane's family, Diane and Brian's, those three kids lost both of their parents that day. Yeah. Or within that week.
0: Both of their parents.
1: And they have to live with the trauma. They have had to live with the trauma for the last 20, what is it? Their 30, 33 years that their father had their mother killed and was cheating on her multiple times. Like I, my hope is that these people in this church who knew Diane and and loved her so much stayed around and were part of these kids' lives and just really drilled into them how amazing their mother was and like told stories about her and just tried to give them that vision of their mother that Brian took from them.
0: For sure. they were all for sure. under
1: five at this at this time. Like, maybe the five-year-old remembers this happening, but the other two probably don't even remember it happening. They just remember growing up not having a mom and their uh, father yeah. being in prison for her murder. Like, I can't...
0: Ugh. I don't understand how they had affairs with such young children. I just gotta throw that in there. Like,
1: <laughs> don't, I don't fucking know.
0: I don't um, fucking know. I hear that they're really high-maintenance when they're between the ages of, like, two and five.
1: Yeah, I have a uh, nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old, and I'm exhausted. I like, just don't understand. The, the, where do you find the time? I, I the emotional time to like put into an affair. I, I give me a Coca-Cola, a pack of fucking what are they called? Oh my god, sweet and sweet and sour gummies. Sorry. <laughs> What are they called? Sour sour Patch Kids. Oh, Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. Give me a Coca-Cola, some Sour Patch Kids, a Fruit Roll-Up, a Rice Krispie Treat, and some Big Bang Theory, and I'm happy as a fucking clam. Sour Patch Kids are
0: vegan, in case you didn't know. Hell yeah. So are Oreos. Oreos are very
1: much vegan. Very vegan. I I was vegan for a year and a half. Were you?
0: My sister... Was vegan for eight years, and Damn. I was vegan
1: for four years. Damn, I tried myself for a now. year and a half. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not vegan anymore. Yeah, my sister's been vegan for like over a decade. Hey, sure she was a, vegan It's at a wonderful,
0: wedding. you know, yeah. thing to try if you ever it's want to try it. Great. If it's safe for you, if it's safe yeah. for you,
1: it's
0: doing great for her. It helped me um, for certain things. It but- helped me learn how to cook. I never really knew how to cook
1: until I turned vegan. I, I explored. I made some badass lentil lasagna that I still crave to this day. I have a vegan chocolate cake that is my favorite chocolate cake recipe to this day. Send it to me, please. Vegan notch. I will. I will. It's made with coffee, too. So it's so good. I will what? post it in the show notes, guys. It's literally the this best fucking This is taking
0: cake. a whole different toll. So what taking- happened to Jen? I think okay, that's the so last Let's talk about to, Jennifer. Yes, know. let's
1: jump into this. That was your palate cleanser until we, you know, there we go. <laughs> we talked about being <laughs> vegan. Okay. Jennifer. Now Jennifer's trial, of course, she's found guilty. She confessed to everything. Yeah. Now I can't really find if she had a trial or if she just had a sentencing trial because I I'm pretty sure she, she took like, the plea. She did take the plea and she was like, I was guilty, you know? And she I think she pled guilty as well. Okay. Um, and she was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. Now the judge at her trial made the statement that if Jennifer would have never met Brian, she was most likely never gonna get in any more trouble than getting a speeding ticket. Like that's just who oh she my was. Gosh. <laughs> she was just a sweet, kind girl. And then she met Brian and Brian fucked her life up Shit. and manipulated her and ruined her life. Poor and thing. so, um, Jennifer was sentenced. She, Jennifer spent uh, 26 years in prison. And during her time in prison, she unfortunately in 2014 um, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, but she got treatment and it was said to have worked. At the end of 2017, Jennifer was released to a halfway house. Um, but unfortunately, the pancreatic cancer did return and oh. she ended up dying in March of 2018. So she was only parole for like four-ish, four to five months before she passed away. Wow. Now, I, from what I am could find, her time in prison, she found a healthier relationship with God and really understood how much she was brainwashed and how Brian took advantage of her and what like a healthier spirituality and belief in God and the Bible can like, benefit you and not be so harmful and toxic. um. And she tried to, from what I remember, she did try to, like, do certain things in prison, like a uh, women's ministry, kind of things like that. She was trying to give nice. back. nice. But she basically spent the rest of her life behind bars because she died after she wow. got out. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is the case in the murder of Diane Hood. I just want us to end on the children and remembering Diane because... From everything that I've read, from friends of hers, from her church, from her family, she was a, such a lovely woman, um, an amazing mom who loved deeply. And she was the type of person that you just really wanted to be your friend. You know, when you like walk in and you meet new people and you see someone, you're like, oh, I want them to be my friend. That was Diane. And not only was she an amazing person and an amazing mom, she she was just a wonderful human altogether. You know those like sayings like, oh, they lit up a room. Like I'm pretty sure that was Diane. Like if when I die, don't say I fucking lit up a room because there are people that fucking hate me and the content I make. So like there are very much rooms that like I I turn that light off when I walk into it. I was going to say Please you can't say do... Neither <laughs> of us can
0: you say that for. just No. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> they'll say she, she made you laugh. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> there you go. There she you made you, go. you laugh, and she was a good listening ear. I think. Yeah. So that, yeah. that was
1: Diane. Um I I, um, I, I do not have any information on all of the children. Um, I just want us to we keep don't in mind. We need to know too. I'm, I'm glad we don't alone. know. I'm glad, like they should not be dug into. They should be able to have their privacy and be able For to sure. move on with their life. This is real trauma that they've lived through, and I hope that they have been able to have therapy and and are living a happy and healthier. Life. I don't know if Brian is part of their life or not. I
0: hope he never contacts them unless that's what they decide they want.
1: Yeah. If that brings them closure. Yeah, for you know, sure. For sure. That is if definitely any it to them. of the
0: kids are listening are so sorry for your loss.
1: And yes. we hope
0: you're doing well. And uh, Diane was awesome. Mad respect.
1: We hope her memory still lives within you, even though she was taken from you at a young age.
0: So sorry that Jennifer died of cancer. That was super sad. It's
1: it's it's these are the hard cases for me because like I have sympathy and empathy for Jennifer, but at the same time I'm like But she did bad. She did You wrong. murdered somebody. So it's like the other side of me is like wanna ripping her, wanna rip her a new one. But yeah. I also understand how much like manipulation and greenwashing can really, yeah, It's these are the, it's the hard ones for me. Brian, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't like you at all whatsoever. Make we'll a end of discussion.
0: Palette cleanser again. We get to record for a second time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I know, so we're jumping we gotta right to the go. second case.
1: We gotta go. So we will see you guys in the next episode. Yes. Bye. Also, heathens, if you're enjoying the show so far, please remember to
0: subscribe on whatever platform you listen to us on and remember to bring your sacrifice to the blood ritual. Just kidding. A review will suffice. Deadly Faith is brought to you by Choircast Network. It's produced by Lacey Bean and Lola Robbins and audio engineered by Eric Cowell. Thanks for listening.